morning right now 46 though still a jacket weather for sure but it's going to climb up to 68 tomorrow there's a mention of rain a high of 56 so is it tomorrow that ian starts to affect us a little bit Mercy. Seeing the pictures this morning and yesterday of what it's been doing down the south of us, we're going to be very lucky that it it's not going to be anything like that up here. But uh, mercy. Um, well, what, what was your impression, Scott? Uh, about the weather, Ian. Well, it's, you know, it is what they say. It's a, you know, devastating hurricane to the Florida area. And we've probably all seen pictures or um, clips on newscasts of all the damage and the Mm -hmm. high water Mm -hmm. and everything else, particularly in the Fort Myers area, uh, where floodwaters reached, what, four to six feet. And uh, again, as we said earlier that the storm surge is what usually results in fatalities and not the actual hurricane itself, you know, unless somebody got hit by a piece of flying metal or debris or something heavy, something like that. But, um, yeah, it looks, looks bad. I mean, damage is going to be estimated in the billions from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, big storm. It's crossed Florida heading up the coast now and heading into the, uh, northern Georgia and all of the coastline of South Carolina, some North Carolina, and uh, some heavy rain expected in the Myrtle Beach area, as well as uh, some flooding, flash flooding possibilities in the Myrtle Beach area. And uh, going to head up, uh, what they, what did they say, North Carolina and the Virginia, West Virginia, and then, you know, uh, eventually here to where, as you, you mentioned, we're going to get some of the rain and Brian Hughes mentions this on his weather forecast uh, early tomorrow morning and throughout the day tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Gusting winds. Yeah. But yeah, just uh, a high tomorrow of 56. So um, probably, you know, rain jackets all day, of course. Yeah. Now they say if it's, it's probably not going to go much further mm-hmm. than southeastern Ohio. Uh, depending on the severity and the the wind speeds and how far it's going to go northwest of here. Those things tend to kind of tucker out eventually. Yeah, once it hits the mountain ranges in the Appalachian Mountains, uh, you know, that kind of dampers it down uh, just a bit. And uh, I don't think Columbus is expecting much, if any, rain at all, maybe a little. But northwest Ohio, not expecting any. And then it's going to move out toward... uh, Pennsylvania and up through that area from what they're saying right now. Well, good morning, folks. Today is September 30th. And, of course, the year is 2022. And uh, in terms of 
today is this or today is that. Kind of an unusual list today. We have Orange Shirt Day. Bengals. Well, that would work, yes. But um, anyway, I guess we do have some orange shirts um, to wear. But um, I'm not sure I own an orange shirt. It's National Chewing Gum Day. <laughs> my my wife would never let me chew gum because I did it with such fervor, you know what I mean? And vigor, apparently. Yeah. And it, it, so, um, I it's just if it ever had been a habit, it has long been forgotten. Well, we always called gum like that heavenly gum. Heavenly. Yeah, because you chewed the you know what out of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, it's National Love People Day. I can buy that. Should be every day. National Hot Hot Mold Cider Day. Mm. Okay. Um, you know, it used to be you had beer and you had liquor in terms of alcohol stuff. But I really do like the hard ciders. Uh, if I had a choice between any of that, it would be a, a nice sweet apple hard cider. You know what I mean? Do you do you like those sort of things? No. No. Okay. Well, anyway, I sure do. And then hot mulled cider, and that's generally not an alcoholic drink. It's just hot mulled cider. That's really nice also, um, particularly on a cold day. Well, enough about that. National Mud Pack Day. Now, why do we need that? National Mold Pack, M- Mud Pack Day. Oh, well. Okay. I, it is what it is. Yeah, well, it's, you know, something that um, particularly it's used on the face, facial mud packs, on for the complexion face. purposes. Really? Yeah. You ever seen a, a commercial or, or a show with uh, someone with a mud pack? It's it's a therapeutic clay. Okay. It's applied to the skin to increase circulation, ease muscle tension, relax toxins, and boost immunity. Well, gee, I had it all wrong. You had ground mud that you throw at each other. You know. Yeah. Have you ever ever been in a mud fight? Of course. Okay, there. A mud pack. But, no, you're saying this is um, for facial uh, skin improvement and stuff like that. Yes. Therapeutic uses of the clay. Well, I have to get somebody to try that on me. (laughs) I'd like to. Make sure someone takes a picture with oh, you. I'll, I'll get uh, Darla Perry to do it. <laughs> Bill and Darla, they, I'm sure they'd love to splatter my face with mud. Yeah, but you may need to shave before you do that. My good neighbor friends. All right, well, let's see here. Um, let's do some historical events. Now, the problem is, 
I don't know why, but um, on this day, which is a service uh, a company that sends out a daily report, I got one for yesterday, but I didn't get one this morning, so I'm going to have to inquire about that. But since we had a special edition yesterday talking about the Indian Mound Festival, we'll give you yesterday's report, okay? So, on yesterday in history, (laughs) the date September 29th, where today is the 30th, in 1567, the War of Religion breaks out in France. The Huguenots tried to kidnap King Charles IX. In 1829, the first units of the London Metropolitan Police appear on the streets of the British (coughs) capital, the world's first modern police force. In 2008, on September 29th, which was yesterday, Back in the year 2008, the Dow Jones Industrial Average falls 777.68 points, its largest single-day point loss. And they say this followed the bankruptcies of Lehman Brothers and Washington Mutual. do a few birthdays from yesterday. Okay, here's a pretty picture. Anita Ekberg. E-K-B-E-R-G. She was born in 1931. Died in 2015. Ekberg. She was a Swedish actress, actually, and active in American and European films. Known for her beauty and stunning figure, she became prominent in her iconic role as Sylvia in the Fe- uh, Freder- Federico Fellini film La Dolce Vita. I do remember. She worked primarily in Italy, where she became a permanent resident in 1964. Okay, um, Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, celebrating his 87th birthday today. Name a couple tombs that we um, are highly associated with. Oh, the one I think of is a whole lot of shaking going on. Yeah. Um, And I I look at his photo, and he looks, um, dare I say, older than me. Well, he is older than me by quite a bit. (laughs) Great Balls of Fire is another one. Okay. Let's twist again. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's Jerry see. Jerry Lee Lewis, 87th yeah. birthday. I saw something here that says, how are Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis related? Well. I don't see any relationship here. Hmm. wonder where they were going with that. I think maybe they were talking about when they married young brides. Like Elvis did when he married Priscilla. 
How old was Priscilla? She was 14 and he was 24. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know that. Jerry Lee Lewis married his 13-year-old cousin when he was older. Well, interesting. Okay, now we got two old guys to talk about. Horatio, Horatio Nelson. He was born in 1758. He died in 1805. And he's got a big military-type uniform on. He was uh, military. simply known as Admiral Nelson. He was a British flag officer in the Royal Navy. Uh, let's see here. What was he famous for? Apparently he lost his arm and an eyeball. His reputation is based on a series of remarkable victories culminating in the Battle of Trafalgar, mm-hmm. where he was killed in his moment of triumph. The poet Byron referred to him as Britannia's god of war. The photo I have of him, and there's no indication that his eyeball had been injured. He looks absolutely normal, and, it, and it's just from the shoulders up, so I, the missing arm thing, I can't see. But, um, golly. Okay, now, the last one is Miguel de Cervantes. And um, he was born in 1547, died in 1616, Cervantes, Miguel de Cervantes. Uh, let's see. He was an early modern Spanish writer, widely regarded as the greatest writer in the Spanish language and one of the world's preeminent novelists. He is best known for his novel Don Quixote. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, let's see, two famous deaths to bring up, and the one I'll have real trouble pronouncing. So it's um, Nagayan Van Thieu. Oh, that's pronounced Wynn, the first name. Wynn? Yes, Wynn Van Thieu. He looks... uh, How does Wynn come out of that spelling? Yeah, well, that's what it is, because I... There was a famous uh, pro football player that had the same spelling of the last name, and he was also Vietnamese. So, N-G-Y. N-G-U-Y-E-N. Van Thieu, which is T-H-I-E-U. Yeah, his name rings a bell from Vietnam. Of course. Uh, Vietnamese name there. Uh, let's see. Wearing a Vietnamese uniform. And yeah, he lots was of actually the president of South Vietnam from 1967 to 1975. Oh. I re- remember that very well. And I should have <clears throat> remembered it. Mercy. He was a general in the Republic of Vietnam Armed Forces and became the head of a military junta in 1965, then president after winning the election in 1967. Funny how words that, like junta or junta, yeah, you know, um, we may not say it always right here, folks, but we we're making attempt. Okay, now, Rudolf Diesel. Did you just pick out a word that I pronounced that may be pronounced incorrectly? Kind of. I'm sorry. I just wondered. 
It's just that when I was in the service, we always pronounced it plumes. I've heard it pronounced both ways, actually. Anyway, Rudolf Diesel, born in 1858, died in 1913. Now, Diesel, should I make an assumption? German inventor and mechanical engineer who is famous for having invented the diesel engine. There we go. Which burns diesel fuel. Both are named after him. Yeah. Okay. That only makes sense. All right. Let's see here. So I can put these sheets away. Um... see here. Let's, let's talk about this next. Um, October 7th is coming up. And um, let's see, where's the calendar? October 7th is a Friday. Friday. Okay, now, on Saturday, the 8th, we have homecoming, right? Am I right? I don't know. You don't know? Oh. Well, I got two different things here. I guess first we'll better do the telephone. I just glanced over there and saw it flashing. Uh, Good morning, you're on the air. Hey, uh, I just want to remind Scott, I left him a message yesterday. As somebody well-known in town, you guys don't usually do obits, but this fellow was well-known. He played baseball at OU and coached at Athens High with Ed Rano and probably was one of Scott's coaches. Yes, Scott, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. I just thought you'd want to mention it. You're talking about Bill. Yeah, Bill Waddell. Yeah. Yeah, he was a great guy. Anyway, so I'll just leave you with that. And if you want to mention something, you know, if you want to elaborate, fine. And you have a significant yabba dabba do deficit, by the way. A significant yabba dabba do deficit? Yeah, I think like about eight weeks. You just said yabba dabba do today, and it's the first time in about two months I've heard you say it. So you have a significant yabba dabba do deficit. Oh. Well, <clears throat> I'll start to keep track. Okay. Yeah, and your dad's name was Fred, right? Yes. Hey, Fred. Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Thanks, hey, Fred. I'll, I'll let you guys go. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Hey, Fred. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, Bonnie. Yeah. Hey. Yabba dabba do. Okay, we've made up for one week there. Um. You want to talk about Coach Waddell? Sure. Bill. Yeah, I always referred to him as coach every time I saw him. The last time I saw him was when he came to Dad's uh, visiting hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was in, obviously doing fine then, but uh, he had uh, uh, brain cancer. I mean, it's no secret. It was in the obituary, I'm pretty sure. Um, he was just a great guy, a great coach, and I played a total of, I think I counted up, Eight seasons for Coach Waddell, including seventh grade basketball. Uh, he was my seventh grade basketball coach. He was my high school baseball coach and American Legion coach for four years. 
that four years of American Legion baseball and uh, three years of high school baseball, three seasons, and the one of uh, seventh grade basketball. And Coach Waddell, as I've said before, people ask me who the best coaches I've ever played for are. And I always say my dad, number one, and number two was uh, Coach Waddell, or 1A. I put them both right up there, too. So uh, Coach Waddell is just uh, – he was a, a great teacher of the game, and I was fortunate enough to play with good players. I mean, at every level I ever played. And uh, he really – didn't have to do a lot of modification. He knew that we knew the game of baseball, but he was such a good coach. He realized those strengths that we had and basically let us uh, pretty much play our game. Of course, you know, with coaching and instruction, you know, putting plays on, sending signs from the bench. Uh, a very brilliant baseball mind. And when you have a coach like that, you have instant respect for a coach that knows the game, knows the ins and outs of the game. And I couldn't have any higher respect for a coach than uh, Bill Waddell. Um, Folks, you may recall that there was a period in my life where I was coaching soccer at Athens. Um, I believe that he was the athletic director during much of that period um, because he was so such a fine gentleman, such a fine teacher, such a fine advisor. Um, I'm, I'm, Bill Waddell was just first class. Yeah, he was a great man. I mean, he, he had baseball talent of his own playing in high school and uh, I tell you what, when he wanted to ratchet up the speed on his pitch, when he would pitch batting practice to us, I can see why he was offered a scholarship to our university, where he played for Bob Wren. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a pitcher there and an excellent pitcher for the Bobcats. Uh, he also and and I had heard about this and had been told this too that uh, he was he had a personal invitation from the Pittsburgh Pirates for a private tryout. Uh, but he passed that up for what reason, I don't know. Um, but anyway, that's the kind of talent that Bill had as a as a high school player. And then, uh, obviously, after he graduated from Ohio University, he was a teacher and uh, coach at, at in the Athens City School System for, I think, 31 years, if I remember what the mm-hmm. obituary said. And, uh, you know, he... He was just. Did a, it mention athletic director at all? Yes, it did. Okay, because I, I just was a little fuzzy on that, but I feel certain he. Um, gave me some ideas and leadership. Yes. Um, during my time out there. Yes, okay. he was uh, also an assistant basketball coach at Athens High School. So if you count those in, uh, that that moves it up to uh, just about. Ten seasons that I played uh, when when Bill Waddell was a coach of mine, and uh, I first remember my first recollection of Bill was when I was a kid playing little league baseball, and he always had good teams, 
in Little League, and uh, Dad coached in Little League. We always had great games playing against each other. Uh, Jonesy Sam's, maybe some of you folks listening out there, sponsored a team, and they were just named Jonesy's and they, and uh, the team that Dad coached was called the Medics, which was sponsored by area doctors, and thus we got the name the Medics. Uh, we always played some great games. You know, we traded back and forth who won games, and uh, so – and then uh, Bill played on the same softball team that Dad did, so I, you know, got to know him better then. And he actually coached a lot of the the boys that were little leaguers in high school. And Dad coached little leaguers through little league, pony league, and up to then. And uh, I actually, when I was inducted into the Athens High School Athletic Hall of Fame in 2004, uh, you know, we we are to get a presenter. Uh, to get up there and speak about us before we get up and do the acceptance speech. And I had no no uh, question at all of who I wanted to present me. It had to be Coach Waddell. And uh, I don't think he wanted to do it very bad, but he was so complimentary of me. And uh, he I remember him looking down at Dad when Dad and Mom were sitting in the audience. And Coach Waddell even mentioned about some of the great players that he had. And that's what made him a great coach. And he said, I didn't have to do any of the work. He said, uh, Chuck Daly did most of the work for me on the way up. So he looked down at Dad and said, thank you, Chuck. And I, that was one of the proudest moments and just to see Dad smile. And Dad nodded his head to Bill. You just reminded me of something. Years and years and years ago, we had a staff softball team that played in the men's recreational leagues during the summer that the city had. And your dad was her pitcher. Yeah. And um, he was not a youngster. No. At the time. Um, and yet he was rock on, dead solid, took it seriously, did it well, and we were competitive. And um, I remember those years very fondly. And uh, nearly everybody that was on the team, nearly, uh, were employees of the station. Um, I think we had one or two fellows that joined us because we, we just didn't have enough guys out here. But um, it was a great time. Oh, Dad loved that too. He looked forward to yeah. playing there, and uh, he he really enjoyed, you know, playing with the colleagues here on the same team, and uh, they just had a great team. But Dad, you know, he was very competitive, and didn't matter what level it was on, he was there to to play. <laughs> of course. So anyway, I I you know that meant a lot to me that Bill presented Coach Waddell presented me for my induction into the Athens High School Athletic Hall of Fame and uh, it was just uh, you know something you never forget and some of his kind all of his kind words about me about dad about mom you know and, and his years there too so uh, yeah sad sad to hear about and read about I knew about it you know earlier in the week uh, but uh, calling hours are today from two to four and six to eight at Jaggers and Sons Funeral Home on Morris Avenue there. 
and then a celebration of life is to take place tomorrow at Athens First United Methodist Church on uh, College Street uptown there. So an open reception will be held at the uh, Fellowship Hall starting at 2, and then uh, the celebration of Coach Waddell's life at 3.30. So if you uh, would like to pay your respects, uh, please do so. Bill Waddell, great contributor to not only Athens City Schools, but touched so many lives, as teachers do. And, uh, you know, molded a great baseball program in the Athens area at Athens High School during his tenure of, as a coach and so um yeah but he'll he'll be missed and he was apparently uh also a uh his faith was very strong and uh so I'm, I'm happy about that to know about that his wife stevie told me about that stephanie hayes was her uh maiden name she was the daughter of charlie hayes who had uh, hayes real estate not was she is the daughter of Charlie Hayes. Do you remember Hayes Real Estate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they still had an office there on uh, East State Street. Okay. <coughs> well. So, uh, a public thank you to Coach Waddell for all you did for me, for my brother Larry, uh, our family, and we had so many great baseball seasons together. Um, I've got two other events or uh, things to talk about here and well for that matter a bunch more but to two in particular and we're running short on time and to some degree um so today is um september what 29th 30th yeah september 30th so we start a whole new month tomorrow coming up on october 7th is World Smile Day. October 7th, World Smile Day. And um, so I came across this really weird report on um, cities that smile the most. And for that matter, cities that smile the least. Now, the World Smile Day is actually going to be on October 7th. Okay, so some company analyzed Instagram photos from the 50 largest U.S. cities. Now, think about doing that. This is kind of how many thousands and thousands of photos they had to look at to make this mean anything. But they came up with the fact that they believe Columbus, Ohio ranks 7th on the list with exactly 50% of people smiling in the city photos. Nationally, the figure is 43%. Where is the most smiley city? According to just random collections of photographs off of Instagram. Cincinnati. 
is number one. Birmingham, Alabama, number two. And Austin, Texas is number three. Now, we could keep on going. For example, Chicago is four. Virginia Beach, where I used to live, is five. Pittsburgh, six. Columbus, Ohio, and San Francisco are tied at seven. That's not bad. Los Angeles, ninth. Boston, tenth. Portland, Oregon, eleventh, and so on. Now, cities that smile the least. And this is a little weird, too. Who do you think is the least? Just I, That's not a fair question, but I'll throw it out there anyway, Scott. I have no idea. Okay. Detroit. Uh, Detroit, uh, no. He, Detroit comes in three from the last. So, Cleveland. Cleveland comes in sixth from the last. Okay. Baltimore, Maryland comes in as the least smiling city. Providence, Rhode Island is two. And Detroit is, um, Scott had guessed, comes in three. Hartford, Connecticut, four. Atlanta, Georgia, five. Cleveland, sixth. San Antonio, seventh. We'll just stop there. We could keep going. but um, So, October 7th is World Smile Day. I don't know if they'll update this thing or not, but uh, let's, let's all be conscious of smiling more than we normally do on October 7th. Now, what else about October 7th? It falls right in the, right during Homecoming Week, right? Homecoming for Ohio University. It kicks off October 3rd. It is the time of year to raise the green and white and stand up and cheer. October 3 through 8. And they'll have in-person and virtual events that foster remembering, reconnecting, and reveling in the Ohio experience and community. Homecoming is all about celebrating a special place that for 218 years has been grounds for growing in knowledge, wisdom, and love. And a community and legacy that each and every Bobcat has contributed to. Uh, Our Ohio University Alumni Association is excellent. They're generous, they care, they want to come back over and over. It's, it's special. Rebecca Pratter, who's Director of Alumni Engagement, here's a quote from her. There is something magical about this annual tradition that brings Ohio students past, present, and future together. We are Bobcats for life, and homecoming 
truly embodies that forever Ohio spirit. Well, let's see here. There is a list of all the homecoming events on Ohio University's website. Um, and there's lots of them to choose from. Um, there's a Yell I Cal pep rally on the College Green on Thursday the 6th. I think that um, gets underway at 6 p.m. as well at on the 6th. Um... Marching 110, Rufus, the football team, all sorts of things going on. Um, then the next day, which would be the 7th, homecoming weekend gets in full swing the following day with a food truck Friday. And I guess all these different Great food trucks we have in our region are going to all um, get there around the Conacher Alumni Center. Midday. And um, so that'll be fun. Um, anyway, there's just all sorts of things going on. I, I hope you'll look it up and take advantage of those things that really trip your trigger. And, of course, there's a big parade. And um, let's see here. Who's the Grand Marshal? It's uh, Dr. Patricia Ackerman, who uh, got her degree in 66 from OU. And she's receiving this year's Alumna of the Year Award the highest honor that bestowed to an Ohio graduate and will serve as Grand Marshal of this year's homecoming parade. Um, that parade gets underway at 10 a.m. Saturday morning. And, um, well, you know the, how it works. So, a lot, a lot of fun. And, of course... In case you've forgotten, there's a football game. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll try to mention this a time or two more next week. We have, uh, what, four minutes left? We're just doing a terrible job this morning. Um, disco Duck. You even queued up a fun song. Yep, um, sure did. Let's see. Here. Well, you usually ask me to, so yeah, I thought yeah. I'll just put one on there, just in case you wanted to play something. I, I think I think I do actually. Um, and uh, folks, if if you enjoy hearing the hard news um, when we do this free for all. I'm sorry we didn't get to it today. There's just so many exciting things coming up. Yeah, and Bobcats play tomorrow, 3.30 yeah. at Kent. At Kent. 
Yes. Uh, the Buckeyes host Rutgers at 3.30. How's Kent doing, by the way? Kent's 1-2, and two, but they've played two ranked teams already for their two losses, one of them being number one Georgia, which they gave – Kent State gave Georgia uh, one whale of a game there in Athens, Georgia. So they've improved. All right. Bengals win last night, two in a row now. Bengals should be 4-0 right now, but they're not. They're 2-2. Two and two. Yep. Okay. Well, you know – What a way to end it. Can you tell which is Scott? All the ladies would treat me rather. Moving my feet to the disco Have a great weekend, and everybody out in our audience, too. Make it a special one, won't you? And uh, we'll see you on um, Monday, right? I think it'll be Monday next. Yep, see you next month. All righty. East Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H, FM. 
CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez in New York. Hurricane Ian is bearing down on the South Carolina coast. Winds are picking up in Folly Beach a couple of hours before the Category 1 storm is expected to make landfall. Correspondent Mark Strassman is in Charleston. Around noon today, the misery factor could kick in with a vengeance up and down the Carolinas. The city of Charleston has opened up emergency shelters, given out sandbags. Residents are now racing to protect their homes and businesses. Landfall expected somewhere between Charleston and Myrtle Beach. Recovery efforts are underway in southwestern Florida, where Ian made landfall as a Category 4 hurricane Wednesday. U.S. Coast Guard Rear Admiral Brendan McPherson. We rescued 95 people yesterday. A few more overnight and our crews will be out there first thing this morning looking for more people that are in distress. CBS is Manuel Bajorquez from Fort Myers. The treacherous conditions brought out the best in many people. We rescued a lot of people like we had 12 people in our building. Wingry Castell waded through dangerous waters to help people in her apartment complex escape. Listening to them scream for help and they're walking through the water. I couldn't, I couldn't just leave them. Governor DeSantis reports an unconfirmed death toll of 21 with bodies still trapped or submerged in homes. 1.9 million utility customers have no power. Russia's leader has just announced annexation of four occupied regions of Ukraine during a glittery signing ceremony at the Kremlin. Correspondent Cammy McCormick reports. Vladimir Putin received a warm welcome from Russian officials gathered at the ceremony. But in Ukraine, his forces are on the verge of one of the worst defeats of the war. Pro-Russian forces are being encircled in villages in northern Donetsk. Escape routes for the Russians cut off. The Ukrainian defense minister said today he's just spoken to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin about strengthening Ukraine's capabilities. New government numbers in this country show young men are suffering the mental health effects from the pandemic. Reporter Sabrina Cupid from Atlanta. Suicides overall increased in the United States by about 4% from 2020 to 2021. That according to the CDC's National Center for Health Statistics. When you drill down, though, the report found that males ages 15 to 24 are at a higher risk than other groups, an increase of 8%. Elon Musk may try his hand at rescuing a telescope in danger of falling out of orbit. CBS's Jim Crisula. NASA and SpaceX have agreed to study the feasibility of awarding the company owned by Elon Musk a contract to boost the Hubble Space Telescope to a higher orbit with the goal of extending its lifespan. This is CBS News. You need to hire? Indeed is with you every step of the way, helping you attract, interview, and hire candidates all from one place. Visit Indeed.com credit. Hi, I'm Capri, and a little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A Girl Spicy Deluxe is the chicken. They actually put it on the grill, cooked it in the sauce. It's definitely a good grilled spicy sandwich. Hey, I'm Michelle, and 